glad you're here. This morning, our message is God is coming to your rescue. Be strong. Do not fear. Look at your neighbor and say, be strong. Do not fear. Our story of context comes from context <laughs> comes from Genesis 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and he led the flock to the back of the desert. Someone say the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the middle of a bush. Don't you love it when you get ambushed by God? There you go. Um, so he looked, and behold, the bush was burning. Everyone say burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. That's an important point for this morning. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight and why this bush does not burn. And the verse I've chosen, Isaiah 35 and 8. So strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful in heart, be strong. Someone say, be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come and he will rescue you. Can you say amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that's here, sir. I just ask you to speak to my brothers and sisters listening to podcasts and those that are in person. Speak to them what only you can say to them. Whisper in their ears what I don't even say. But, Lord, let us be changed. Come, Spirit of God, feed us with your manna, and let us give God glory. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. The curtain closed on the book of Genesis, and Israel had such great favor. Joseph is prime minister. Jacob is living in Goshen, the patriarch whose name would become Israel, blesses the greatest emperor of time, and that would be Pharaoh at that time. Israel is settled in the best of land, and Joseph has saved the world. Someone give God a big, God bless you. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise for that. And that's awesome, but when the curtain opens up, I see things theatrically, on the book of Exodus, the picture has drastically changed. The season has changed. A season or a time or a change, whatever it is, though, is never indicative that God has changed. Someone say amen. God had made a promise that the people would inherit the land. God had said through Joseph before he died, the promise is coming, and I'm going to take you out of this land and take you into your promise. But the opening scene in Exodus is God's people underneath taskmasters. Exodus 1 and 8 says, now there arose a new king. Everyone say a new king. Who did not know Joseph, one who forgot that Joseph, an Israelite, saved Egypt. I want to tell you today, Brother Gerald, people may forget you. People may not remember what you did for them, and that's okay because you did it for heaven. Can I get an amen? You may feel at times that you've been passed over by your boss for a promotion. You may feel sometimes your friends have overlooked you. You may even feel forgotten sometimes by colleagues or comrades or even well-meaning family. But I love that God can never forget us, and God will never forget us. Can I get an amen? Amen. 
Psalms 94 and 19, when doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, be strong, be courageous for the Lord your God. He will never leave you or forsake you. You see, when we go through a fire, suffering, or a trial, he will not abandon us. In fact, Psalms 66 and 12, one of my personal favorites, says, we went through the fire and we went through the flood, but you, O Lord, brought us out into a great place of abundance. Aren't you glad? that the trial only lasts for a moment but his favor is for a lifetime can you say amen Jesus said in Matthew 28 30 I am with you always when we are faced with trials and things that we don't understand we say with Hebrews 13 and 5 for he himself Jesus has said I will never ever leave you never forsake you so we can boldly say he has said so we can boldly say the Lord is my helper and I will not fear can I get an amen Here's the deal. These promises of glory and healing and strength and provision, they did not originate from man. They originated from God. You see, this year you will be used by God to fulfill promises in other people's lives. Your gifting, your words, your love, your your attention will be used to bring other people into promise but those promises did not originate with you so they don't weigh heavy on your shoulder can I get a thank you Jesus for that these promises originated with God and when God speaks inherit in the promise is the power to bring it to pass the book of Numbers says God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should change his mind for what he has promised he shall fulfill can you say hallelujah in this place this morning the picture in exodus is israel as slaves under brutal taskmasters the ones that isaiah 51 speak of that say lie down that we can walk on you like a road those things that say to you often and to me i am in control I am running your show. Maybe it's anxiety or worry or fear or weakness or issues of the heart and the mind. And they say, I will whip you in to submission like the taskmasters did in Egypt. When the people of Egypt said to the people of Israel, where is the God of Joseph? I want to tell you the God of Joseph was watching and he had a date on the calendar that he was going to come through. And whenever you feel he's not watching you let me assure you I know the way maker and he has a date when a breakthrough is coming hallelujah to his name thank you Jesus and Pharaoh said we must deal harshly with the Israelites you see they're multiplying we should never be surprised you should never be surprised Monica when you're growing and you encounter resistance when you start trying to trade ground for the kingdom when my husband got saved on a Sunday night in 1981 and delivered miraculously from cocaine and he walked home and went in and there was a whole posse a group a whole tribe in there doing all kind of drugs I don't want to give in the feeling I don't want to fill in the blanks and cause any triggers but when he walked in and said in the name of Jesus pick up your substance and get out of my house King Jesus is here 
here. Well, they robbed him of every alcohol, every drug, every weed, every cigarette, and they would not answer his call anymore. And you know what? That's a blessing. When others turn away from you because of the decisions you're making, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Someone say amen. But just as Pharaoh did not want Israel to grow, so does your enemy, your adversary, who knows your potential. Pharaoh knew the potential of Israel. He didn't want their strength to come forth. He didn't want their voice to be used. He didn't want them to have victory. So does your enemy want to stop you from taking ground. But what Pharaoh didn't know is the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph was watching. And they did not know what he was capable of. And let me tell you, this world and your enemy and maybe even people that love you may count you out, but they forget who you serve. He is the creator of the ends of the universe. He is the blessed God, of our, blessed God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the eternal God who is watching, listening, and he is mighty to save. Someone say hallelujah this morning. And let me tell you, Exodus 3 and 5, God says, I have surely Seen, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. I wonder sometimes, and you wonder, does God see what I'm going through? Does God see the times of conflict, the heaviness? Does God see what I'm up against? But God said, I see. I love what the psalmist said, and I'm going to paraphrase a familiar passage. 139 of Psalms. I can't flee from your presence. If I make my bed underground, as the Message Bible says, or in hell, you will find me. Anybody made your bed underground before and had the king to come knocking on your door? If I settle somewhere I should not settle sometimes we just settle for things and we say I'll just settle for this he says I will find you and his right hand will be with us Moses was going to be ambushed by God in the middle of a bush because God was going to say just as this bush will not be consumed because I am in it the Lord says to you and I today you will not be consumed because the presence of the Lord is alive and active in you and you are more than able to overcome this morning hallelujah he said I have heard the cry of my people Psalms 18 6 in my distress I called unto you Lord and you listened Psalms 28 blessed be the Lord God for he heard my cry God hears and God listens I want you to say God hears and God listens but our adversary often will rival us, that taskmaster. God is not listening. God does not know. But Psalms 34, 7, when the righteous cry out, the Lord delivers them from all their troubles. Someone say amen. One of my personal favorites, Isaiah 63 and 7. In all of our distress, he too is distressed. And he sends the angel of his presence, which means he sends his presence and his love and mercy. He redeems them. I don't know about you, but I thank God that Lamentation says his mercies are every. His mercies are every morning but what I love about that Hebrew word hadas for mercy 
It's not the new like you think and I think. It means different. Everyone say different. Great is his faithfulness. It means the mercy you experience today is different than the mercy you experienced yesterday. It means the mercy you'll experience tomorrow will be different than the mercy you experience today. You see, God's mercy is custom made for every day of your life. His mercy is ready to meet the need, whatever it looks like. You know what? You needed a different mercy when you were a child. Then you needed some big mercy when you're a teenager can I get an amen then you became a spouse a professional a parent a grandparent God's mercy adapts and fills the gap and fills in the need right where you are I'm 61 times 365 days so so far Kim I've had God's mercy 22,540 days come on somebody when I didn't know how I'd get through, his mercy saw me for what I could be. When I didn't know how to get up out of the pit, I'm preaching your life too. His mercy picked me up. His mercy meets every need, and his mercy's going to meet Moses and the Israelites. Give the Lord a big hand clap of praise. And when you're asking for mercy, and when you're asking for help, when you're asking for intervention, Stop going to God, scraping and apologizing. I don't mean to bother you, Lord. God is a God who desires to hear from you. He loves you. You're not a pest to him. Your BFF may act like you're a pest. Your husband may act like you're a pest. Your children, mine would never do that, may act like you're a pest. But there are 330 million people living in America today, according to the last census. Each one of them can speak in a northern dialect, a southern, a western, an eastern. Oh, they all got a different accent. Just go travel around the country. You'll hear it. They can speak in a different dialect. They can speak in a different tongue. And God will hear every countless language. God will hear every accent. God will not send your blessing to someone else. He will will not miss a single prayer he's a God who hears you who loves you who loves where you are right now and is even more excited to where he's going to take you come on somebody give the Lord a shout of praise in this house then he goes on to say for I know their sorrows know in the Hebrew means well acquainted everyone say well acquainted sometimes we wonder does God know what I'm feeling Sometimes we wonder, does he feel my pain? Does he feel my fear? Does he feel the stress I'm feeling? Does he feel that just sometimes days or seasons, just things don't feel normal? And I can't seem to find myself or who I was in the last season, as many people will tell me often. But I'm going to tell you something. The ancient creed said that when Jesus went to Calvary and he ascended into the lower parts of the earth, that when he went down there, he went into the very depths of every pain, every emotion that you and I will ever feel. And our high priest knows what we're feeling. When you can't feel the hands of God, when the enemy is masterful, creating a narrative to tell you and lie to you about things in your life and your emotions, reread the words of Exodus 3 again. I have seen 
I have heard. I know how you're feeling, and I've come to deliver you. Someone give him a hand clap of praise. He's come. This is such a picture of a redeeming God, a God who redeems, Exodus 3 and 8. So he said, I have come down now to rescue them. Everyone say rescue. Fear not. God is coming to your rescue. Fear not about that prodigal. Fear not about that financial situation. Fear not about that health diagnosis. Fear not about your stress. God is coming down to rescue. God is good all the time. Man is fickle, but God is good through and through. He's not only good, but he's powerful. He's mighty. He's able. He heals. He saves from the uttermost to the uttermost. No one will ever stop him. No one will ever limit him. No one will ever stop him. He is God all by himself. Somebody give him the praise this morning. Hallelujah. But he said, I'm coming to deliver. But that's one thing. Deliver out. But God not only takes us out, he takes us to something else. You see, he will take us to. He promised Abraham, I will take him. You see, God brought us out many things. You fill in your own blanks. I'm just going to do a lot of things I've known a lot of people to have, not necessarily in this room. Brought us out of sin, bondage, addiction, fear, pornography, immorality, the pit of despair, life seeming not worth living, grief, depression. The incredible truth is, though, he not only dreams us, redeems us out, he takes us in. Say, he redeems us out, and he takes us in. And Moses later would say to the children of Israel, this is how he does it. Deuteronomy 1 and 31, you saw how the Lord God carried you as a father carries his son all the way till you reach the place. It means when God came down into Egypt to deliver, he carried them like a father would carry a child. Moses reminded the people, and I'm reminding you and I this morning, everyone we love and we're praying for, God didn't bring us out of all those things to leave us in the wilderness. In the moments that we could not go on, he simply carried us like a parent carries a child. God is faithful he did not bring you this far to leave you he will finish what he began when you're too weak to walk he will pick you up and carry you never ever quit but keep believing in the name and the love of God almighty hallelujah I challenge you to say with me this morning say it out loud I didn't come this far to only come this far I'm going on you didn't come this far to only come this far I don't care if you're 80 in this room 50 or 14 he always redeems to something out of hopelessness into hope out of fear into favor out of worry into peace out of lack into abundant life out of brokenness into wholeness out of I don't have a job into a great job and a career we can make a difference and we can be blessed financially amen out of not having anything to call our own to owning our own roof over our head he does not just bring us out he brings brings us in into more beautiful and if he's brought you out of something this morning and you don't feel you've been brought into what you saw in the beginning don't stop keep going forward God will fulfill his promise he got you out and he will take you in hallelujah hallelujah to his name I love the personal program I have seen I have heard I know and I've come to 
deliver. And I'm sure the Israelites were thinking, does God know who we are? I love what Micah said. Those that have said of me, where is your God will be ashamed when they see that God is my light and my salvation. Mike 7 and 7. I may fall, but the Lord will be a light. I may fall, but the Lord will rise me up and God will show his justice. Someone say amen. So here is Moses and we know he killed a man and that's why he's out there in the wilderness and a warrant was issued for his arrest by Pharaoh in our modern technology or terminology. Moses ran. Everyone say he ran. He ran to Median. He ran out there to the desert. He ran for his life. And in some ways, he was doing what we often are tempted to do. God, I feel like you had a plan A. I felt this thing when I was a child. When I was a child, I knew I was called to preach. My daddy even says now at 91, I would carry around his preaching notebooks everywhere at two years old. Blah, 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 trying to get it out there. And he said, I promise I didn't sound like that when I preached, but when you preached, baby, you did. I said, Daddy, I still sound that way sometimes. Come on, somebody. But I felt that way. But then going, to, going through a horrible marriage and drug addiction and three years then of being divorced and all of that, there were so many people that said, you know, God probably had a plan A, but you've messed that up. Or, you know, your ex-husband did who became my glorified, beautiful husband three years later. But here is what they would say to me. You're going to have to accept something less. Don't ever listen to the voice of the enemy that says, accept something less. Accept something down here. Back then, they were rough on people. And, and mercy has flowed through these cities and these streets in the body of Christ. No longer do prodigals hide from us. They know you just come whosoever comes to Jesus and let Jesus do it. We don't care if you got out of jail last night. Come in drunk. Come in drunk as a skunk like my husband used to say. Come in smelling like your weed. We'll just look the other way. Come in look bagged. Look horrible. Look whatever. All we ask is this is the house of Jesus. This is the house of miracles. This is a house you're welcome. Someone give King Jesus praise. Many people tried to talk me into plan K, not about my personal or my remarriage, but about my life. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. You know, it's never good when someone says, bless your heart. Bless your heart, honey. I mean, bless your heart. You were called, but now you'll have to accept something a little bit less than what God intended. And Moses is out there tending sheep with his rod. 40 years out in the wilderness, and I have to believe he was thinking, I really knew I was called to be a deliverer. I knew when I found out that I was really Jehoshaphat's son, that I was the son of a Levite priest, when I was not Egyptian son, when at whatever age, just became aware of him, probably a young adult, and I knew God called me to deliver my people, but I took matters in my own hands, and I got ahead of God, and I killed someone, and I messed it all up. I, for, forgive my vernacular. I don't. I screwed it all up. I hope that doesn't offend you. I messed it up. I screwed up everything. Now is I'll just be out here uh, tending sheep and just see what I can do where I'm at. And, and good for you, Moses. Good for you. But there was a deliverer inside of that man. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a deliverer inside of you. There's a kingdom of God inside of you. Don't let the pain of your past rewrite your future. The Father is so good that even if you missed it, Moses did, he can recreate the full destiny. Even if you've missed it, God is able. Someone give our Redeemer a shout of praise in this house. But the 
process didn't look like Moses thought it would look. He was waking up every morning to situation. You may feel that way. Clocking in on Monday, clocking out on Monday night, whatever you're doing in life, feeling this looks so opposite to where I thought my destiny would be. If you're there, you're in good company. So did Nehemiah. So did Daniel. So did Esther. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing will be wasted. In the wilderness, God created a man and God creates a woman that will say, you know what? I've learned in the dry places. I've learned in the the painful places I've learned when no one cheered for me I used to say when I had to crawl on my own belly to get from one room to the other because my life was in shambles I learned in that moment if no one cheers for me I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able when you have to crawl on your belly and no one is cheering I'm telling you sometimes people say that I think well praise the Lord and they'll think you're crazy Pastor Ron I said no because if you can get through a season with little encouragement then you will be a man or a woman of God who is meek in the Lord but mighty in the strength and the power of his holy name and I'm sure Moses wondered Pastor Todd why was I raised as an Egyptian as we wonder what does this job play into my destiny what does this play into my destiny as we said Wednesday night when will I understand my destiny when you fulfilled it you're not going to know don't ask me what your destiny is all I know to do is to say take your gifts keep being faithful take another step and another step and keep going forward brother Mike I've seen anointed people like you I hear you can play a mean organ I've I've seen people with great gifts when I was a pastor for 32 years here just so worried about how they're going to get to their destiny while others were just saying I'm going to go serve I'm going to pick up the trash I'm going to pick up the cigarettes out in the yard I'm going to go over here and sweep this corner and I'm going to go over here and just I'm just going to go encourage Bobby and I'm going to encourage Billy and I'm going to encourage Sally and Betty May and Wilma and all the Flintstones come on somebody I'm just going to encourage and as they just started stepping and doing and they didn't wait for a title they didn't wait for an open door those people are the people I saw keep going toward their destiny but the ones that were encumbered how does this make sense what is my destiny if I'm supposed to be the next president why am I not the best president well you're not old enough brothers and sisters but anyway but here's the bottom line keep being faithful keep putting one step in front of the other keep serving find a need feel a need and you will fulfill the great commission of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ give him a shout of praise and even though Moses was on the back side of the desert I'm, I know I'm being pastoral this morning but hang with me he was on the back side of nowhere but he was on the mountain of God and he didn't even know it sometimes we feel like we're on the back side of nowhere no one notices me. No one, no one, God's not doing anything for me. And God's saying, you know what? You're right on the mountain. You belong to Jesus. You're in my mountain. Just give it some time. There was Moses stranded in the desert, counting the days to the end of his life, he thought. I mean, he's up there in age, near 80, 
tending sheep, but he was tending sheep in God's neighborhood. When I waitressed, I was waitressing in God's neighborhood. When I was a children's pastor, I was children pastoring in God's neighborhood. When I sold Hank Davis evangelist tapes, Pammy, back in those days, I was in God's neighborhood. I'm not about me. I don't want to pick on you. But when you look over your life, everything you've done for the king has taught you something. It has put something in you. It has encouraged you. You thought you were just tending sheep, but you were near the mountain of the Lord. God is coming to your rescue. Someone say amen. That morning when he got up, there was no hints or premonitions. There was no special signs. I know that because of the way the scripture plays it out. He had no warning. Today, God is coming. He had spent 14,600 days in the desert. Someone say, oh my. 350,000 hours, but I can't wait an hour without scrolling through my phone. Come on, somebody. He had been out in the wilderness all that time, and God said, Moshe, Moshe in Hebrew, or Moses, Moses. I've not changed my mind. Look at someone and say, God's not changed his mind. God's not changed his mind. Josh, come and help me. The team will come in a minute. I still got a place to travel through. But let me tell you this something this morning. God was showing Moses that he could outlive the consequences of his own sin. You see, you can live long enough. I've, I've preached for a wonderful African-American pastor in North Carolina, just adored him and his wife. And he said, you know what, Rhonda? He said, I finally found that I could live long enough that I would live, outlive the consequences of my bad choices. I love that you and I can outlive the consequences of our bad choices. I love that God knows right where we are. Fear not and be strong. But many believe that, that Moses became strong in the wilderness, as I've already said. So let me move on. Verse 2 says, and the bush, everyone say the bush, was burning with fire. But the bush was not consumed. Here's the cool thing. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside I will now turn aside to see this great sign when Moses turned aside God spoke to him I want you to get this when in the Hebrew means at the same time as Moses turned to see God's trying to speak to me God began to speak to him. We've been doing consecration week this week, and people have turned away from some things and been praying the prayer over the church family that I pray you will continue to pray. More on that next week. But I think the thing about it is to turn toward the Lord. The Lord says in Joel 2, return to me. Don't return to me with your garments. Return your heart to me. Return for I am gracious and compassionate. Some of us turned away from some things to turn to God to just focus on him. I kind of feel like that God may have apple tagged us in the garden. If you know what apple tagging is, you can apple tag your phone, apple tag your suitcase, and you can track it across the world. It's like God tagged us in the garden and said, you know what? You will never find life until you find me. You will never find rest until you find me. Your hearts will be restless till you find your restlessness in me. There's a God-shaped hole inside all of us and to turn to God, we turn away. I told you Wednesday night, I, I decided, I, I would stay off Twitter, which means nothing to y'all probably, but I, I don't interact. I just, that's where I get my political news. That's where I get, um, I follow some great generals in faith, but I don't ever interact. I don't ever tweet anything. And I love it. I just can go in there quick and get everything I need. And I knew the Lord said, don't. Because it's a habit. You know how many times you reach for that? I'm going to tell you how many times I reached for Twitter this week. It was ridiculous. I was embarrassed. And then he said, I want you to not watch TV at night. 
a lot of times I'm not even watching TV, but, you know, I live by myself. I mean, my youngest daughter lives with me, but she has a beautiful life in her own quarters there at the house. And my house is very quiet at night because my husband filled our house with so much good noise and uh, good noise. And, and my accountability friends and some of them are former widows or widows just said, are you sure you want to do that? It's so quiet at night. I said, I just feel like that's what the Lord wants me to do. And I'm going to tell you, the first night felt like seven years. <laughs> I mean, you're like, that's crazy. But no, it did. It was so quiet. And then the second night, the third night, I was just like, oh, Lord, I feel like I can sense you more than I used to be able to sense you. Because you know what? Our focus has become an endangered species in our society. 24 hours news, notifications nonstop, text. And that has to have relationship consequences. If I'm talking to you, and you've done it, I'm sure, too, with someone, and they're looking at their phone, they'll say, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, right, yeah, I hear you, uh-huh. You eventually, I don't want to keep talking to you. If you can't look at me, then why do we want to keep talking? But I wonder with God, doesn't it have relationship consequences, too, that we're getting the attention span of a gerbil or a squirrel? Can I get an Amen. I mean, I'm doing anything, and Alexa's telling me to look at this. My phone is texting this. I hear something downstairs. I go over here, and all of a sudden I think, I'm going to Google and find out why cats eat birds. I mean, you know, just ridiculous stuff. Come on, I know you've done it too. I'm getting a word from the Lord, and all of a sudden, I wonder, did Elijah wear a medal on his head, or was that around his wrist? Hold on the Lord. I know you're going to say something good to me. We are getting so distracted. In a world where distractions are a social norm, I wonder if the Lord is not calling us to pay attention as an act of resistance. I can't pay attention to your pain if I'm succumbing. And every Sunday I get my notification of how many hours I've been. Anybody else get that? It's like it's of the devil. Every Sunday morning it comes. You've exceeded the limit of all social media this week. You shall burn in the eternal Gehenna. Come on. But as one person said this week, and I don't have your testimony, not being on Facebook this week has helped my mind stay clear of things the enemy used to use against me. I do my devotion in the morning. I open up my Bible app instead of getting on social media. It's just been seven days, but God has really shown me how crucial my personal walk is to put him above all. My spirit has been lifted. A new hunger has come. I just sacrificed a little thing, and God met me. I want you to say that. And God met me right where I was. I want to tell you this morning, don't seek opportunity. Moses wasn't seeking opportunity, but God gave him an opportunity to seek him. Seek first the kingdom. What's the rest? Shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom. Seek first. I, I can't, we're going to do that on a Wednesday night, not this Wednesday night, but I can't give those details this morning, but there's easy ways. I heard Joyce Meyer say something one time, which she's just so practical, you know? She said, there's a divine order for everybody. Don't try to read the whole book of Leviticus. I know I said that last week. Find a little way to open yourself up to the presence of the Lord. I read a book on grief when my husband went to heaven that Pastor Mark Strickland gave me. One of the keys in there is something I've done in my life, but it's helped me. When I feel overwhelmed, I just say, thank you, Jesus, that you're in this house with me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with me today. Thank you, Lord. There's so many ways that we acknowledge the presence of the Lord. What God was saying to Moses is, you're never going to be consumed as long as you stay in my presence. As long as you turn away. We used to sing a song, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth go strangely dim in the light 
of his glory and grace. When King Darius looked down and Daniel was not consumed with the lions, he said, oh, blessed be the God of Daniel because you have trusted in him, which is Nepesh in the Hebrew, which actually means because you've bathed yourself in the presence of God. I'm going to tell you something about the presence of God. When you come close to running out of your grace for your job, for your family, for your spouse, for whatever you're going through, you can just say, Lord, I've run out of the grace to be a mama. I've run out of the grace. If I go to work tomorrow morning, I'm going to kill somebody. Come on, somebody. So, Lord, I'm going to get into your presence, and I'm going to turn the spout on of grace and let it flow like a river over me. Let it flow over me. I'm going to tap back into the presence and the grace of God. Someone give him a shout of praise this morning. And he got a special effect. Well, okay, we've got six minutes and we're going to close by worshiping. So let me get to it. He had a spectacular sign. Listen to me. The bush was a spectacular sign. And we'll go more into the deliverance that happened coming up in this series sometime. But listen to me. That was spectacular. That was like a Spielberg moment. That was like put Star Wars to shame. But he didn't want Moses to live on it. The Bible says we walk by faith and sight is a gift from God. But you have to get to the point that you can walk by faith because faith focuses on what God says. That's why sometimes when we turn away from some things, some people turned away from certain foods. It was up to you. For me, what was more important that I quieted the voices. I mean, no Fox News for six hours every night. Come on, somebody. No Sean Hannity, no Tucker Carlson. The world could have blown up and I wouldn't have even known it. And isn't that a wonderful thing? Come on, somebody. Sometimes you've got to turn away. Say, I got to turn away to turn to. And this is a powerful thing God says to Moses. I'm not going to take my shoes off. I'm a woman and we don't want to get in that kind of mess. Take off your shoes, Moses. You're on holy ground. And we know that's because God was a dignitary and God was holy. But I'd like to submit to your consideration this morning. He knew Moses was a runner. Take off your running shoes. Stop saying, if this don't work, this Jesus thing don't work out, I'm going back to drugs. If this Jesus thing don't work out, I'm going to go back to this. If given my all for the kingdom, I'm going to go back to this. We've got to eliminate the alternative option. There is not one. It is Jesus. It is the kingdom. We've got to give those things up. Turn in your papers. Turn in your running shoes. Say to God, if you never, if you're young, single, I'm not saying this about myself. If, Lord, Lord if you never send me a spouse, I'm going to serve you. Here's my running shoes if you never give me that 17,000 square foot home you don't need 17,000 square feet but I'm gonna I'm gonna turn in my running shoes if I work in as a janitor the rest of my life like my grandfather did on my husband's side and bring the kingdom to hurting children I turn in my running shoes if things don't happen the way I wanted it to happen I'm turning in my running shoes if you say no to some things in my life that I want to be and want to do and you say no child this is the way I'm bringing you I'm turning in my running shoes God wanted Moses to know it is I and the kingdom and my presence stop running I encourage you today turn in your running shoes someone give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning I love what Moses says 
He says, may the Lord bless you with the favor of him who dwells in the burning bush in Deuteronomy 33. The favor of the one that dwells in the burning bush. The bush wasn't remarkable, but what was happening to it was. You and I are not remarkable, but what God does through us is remarkable. It is his presence. It is that. And God said, Moses, are you here? And he said, Hanayene in Hebrew, which actually means it's me. Everyone say it's me. And with the first miserable excuse Moses gives, if I can't do this, I don't have the answers. Here we go. I don't have the answers. I don't have the means. I don't have all the situations. God says that's great. Perhaps you don't, but you will have all of me. And what you need to say to yourself, I may not have the answers. I may not have all this or that, but God is offering me all of him. Someone just lift your hand and give Jesus praise right now, right where you are. Team, if you'll come and join me and I'll come to the end of this. We worship you, King Jesus. We worship. In fact, just lift your hand for a moment. Worship him. Thank you, King Jesus. Thank you, King Jesus. He had him throw down his rod, and I brought this. When I told you at Christmas about my papal gal, Scott Irish, and how he'd sing in church, I told you he was a jailbird singer. He was always, he lost the key, and he was always behind the bars. <laughs> but he was robust in his singing. This is his walking stick. It's passed down to him by his father. My daddy has passed it to me now. He sits in my study. Moses' rod didn't have the notches that the patriarchs had of like David. He killed the lion, the bear. All Moses had was what had been against him. I messed up. Some things went against me. But what God said is throw down the rod, Moses. Throw down your past. Throw down your weaknesses and see how I can use it for my glory. What does the Lord want you to lay down this morning? What does the Lord want you to give up this morning? Mindsets, habits, attitudes. Throw it down. God didn't respond to Moses with a pep talk. He didn't send him to some life guru training course. God responded to his weakness by saying five life-shifting words. I will be with you. The Lord responds to you and I this morning with an invitation. When you look in the mirror, the enemy will say you're not enough. When you calculate your things, he'll say you're not enough. But I want to say the affirmation that God will say over you. I will be with you. Don't worry about what you are. Don't worry about what you're not. God has called you to live on purpose. Courage is calling you. Fear not. Strengthen your knees. Strengthen your hands. Focus on who he is. The I am that I am to the lonely in the room. He says I am that I am to the broken. He says I am that I am to those barely hanging on. He says I am that I am for every cry there is one answer. And I like to bring this once a year to this church body. I am not enough. That's okay, says God. I am that I am. Who could possibly figure this out? I am that I am. I'm tired, God. I want to quit. I'm done. Lord, I need a fix, someone may say. And God says, I am that I am. Give him a big shout of praise in this house this morning. Maybe you're saying this morning, who can I trust? He says, I am that I am. No one's listening. He says, I am. I am. My marriage is suffering. He says, I am that I am to you. I can't hold on, God. He says, that's okay. I am that I am. Fear not. I'm coming to rescue you. I'm pouring into others. I'm doing for others. But who is pouring into me? And he says, I am that I am. This morning, who's in charge? 
Who has the last word? Who declared to the prophet Isaiah, strengthen your knees, I'm coming to rescue, strengthen your hands? Who holds our future in his hands? Who will cause us to live on purpose, causing every evil thing to be turned for good? It's the great I am that I am. And what does he say about himself before we pray? King Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am dry bones rattling. Can I get an amen? I am Savior. I am Jesus. I am the restorer. I am the solution. I am the wise one. I'm the coming one. I'm the mighty one. I am the Lord and there is no other. There is none beside me. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end and to the end of all your days I am that I am and I will not fail you says the Lord if you believe that stand and give him the best praise before we worship this morning closing come on give him the best praise you've given him all morning hallelujah King Jesus hallelujah all that want to come and gather and stand in the altar we're going to sing holy ground and as we do I want you just to Imagine or envision yourself laying some things down. I want you to offer yourself to Him again to live on purpose right now as we worship together. As we worship together. Go ahead, team. Hallelujah. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. When I walked through the doors, I sensed his presence. Just find a place where you're standing on holy ground. Lord Jesus, we lift up our gifts and, and our talents to you. We ask you to cause us this to live on purpose for your kingdom and for our King. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We thank you in our weakness, you this are made strong. We thank you for everything that you have done and all the that God you are doing, Lord. We and we give you praise that this is holy ground right here and now, Lord. We ask you to strengthen us in your presence. We will not be consumed. In your presence, we will not be overwhelmed. In your presence, we're going to turn away from some things and turn towards you. We're going to turn towards you. We're going to turn towards you, Jesus. Would you sing it out with the team? standing holy ground and I know that there are angels all holy ground sing the chorus one more time before we pray over you we're standing we are standing we're standing we're standing on holy ground Praise the 
for someone that's standing right by you right where you are in the altars or back there Father in the name of Jesus I'm praying for this individual this morning Lord I pray that they would know that you have called them to live on purpose that courage is calling them to live on purpose Lord and God in your presence they will not be consumed in your presence there's always second chances in your presence Lord let them Turn in their running shoes, Lord. Let them turn in that alternative that's not an option. To know, God, what you said, what you spoke, you meant over their lives, Lord. They are called to make a purpose, a difference, an eternal difference in the lives of people around them, Lord. Thank you, King Jesus, at every step I'm closer to your glory and your destiny in Jesus name now right where you are would you just lift your hands and speak out your praises come on just speak out your praises to him we welcome you King Jesus we love you King Jesus we worship you King Jesus we worship you we welcome your presence we love you Lord we thank you for your strength and your mercy just let him encourage you right where you stand and worship. Whether eyes closed or open, hands lifted, it's his presence that makes such a difference. We're standing, we're standing on holy ground. We praise King Jesus now. We are standing in his presence. On holy ground. Now, one hand on your heart or one hand lifted, King Jesus. Today, Lord, we just want to turn in our running shoes, whether those are mental or literal, that we keep looking at other options other than feeling, fulfilling your will for our life, Lord. Fulfill your will for each of our lives, Lord, according to your glory and to your praise. Let us live on purpose, Lord. For you have promised us to be strong. Strengthen our knees. Strengthen our hands. And do the work that's around us. Do the work you've called us to do, wherever that is, Lord. From every community or workplace to our homes. But to keep stepping toward you, Lord. Knowing we will fulfill our destiny just like Moses. So for those in this room, Lord Jesus, feel a little bit forgotten. A little bit overlooked feel like they've not had a burning bush in a while. feel like they've not had an intervention or anything like that from God. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them. We walk by faith, God, not by sight. But there are moments on calendars when we'll feel your strength and feel your anointing. But, Lord, we thank you that we continue to be faithful until we do, Lord. Bless every man and woman in this room. Let them use their gifts for your kingdom and your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap for his word.